From Capital Analytics, I'm Abby Malone, and this is Invest Insights. Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest-growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. Welcome to Invest Insights. I'm Abby Malone. I'm joined today by Steve Hepler, the Vice President, Principal, and Office Leader for the Raleigh Office for LS3P. Steve, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Season four, we're looking at the new economy that's been created by the pandemic. Uh, new norms, uh, new uh, business strategies, new operations. But before we get there, I wanted to start off by asking you, are there any new personal norms that you've adapted during the pandemic, new interests, new hobbies, new technology, new new ways of organizing yourself uh, that you think that will last into this post-pandemic world we're entering in? For me personally, um, I'm of the older generation. So learning this new technology, including Zoom, um, has been kind of, it's been a revelation for me because, you know, I was... I've always had the IT folks around, and if I ever had a question, I'd just go grab somebody, and uh, and they would either fix it or teach it to me or whatever. But you know, we we went home during the pandemic and set up all all of our offices. Um, we went from nine offices to 360 offices, um, and and, they, and all the technology that went along with it was just phenomenal. So helped me out a lot. Good, good. In our interviews, we're consistently hearing how the Raleigh-Durham region is an ideal location for development with Class A higher education institutes, a large pool of young talent, and development-friendly regulations. That said, what would you identify as some of the greatest hurdles that still face new development in the region? That's a great question because, you know, there are a couple that I think are significant. I think affordability, I mean, that's a general topic for everybody now, but I think just going forward, um, particularly in the housing market, as people like Apple and Google are coming this way, I mean, we're bringing tons of people. We're attractive from all other areas of the of the country. They're getting here faster than we can build houses. And, you know, that puts a stress on everything. Uh, including, which I think is another uh, challenge, would be the infrastructure, uh, transportation, transit. It's always been on top of mind. Um, and I think that that's going to be um, looking down the future. It's going to be a deep conversation about how that happens. The other thing, and I think, you know, permitting process has been challenging, but only because of the volume of development. Uh, they're doing the best they can during the pandemic. It, it was it slowed even more because you had to do it virtually, no in-person um, meetings. And um, it's, I think, just because of the volume, uh, it's really been a challenge. So, you know, I think those things probably are key um, in, in this area. And from an architectural perspective, how, how do you plan for affordability and uh, infrastructure issues and transit issues? What are you thinking about right now? From affordability, you know, we always are challenged with how budgets affect projects, mm-hmm. and you know, we're we're constantly in contacts with our uh, contractor friends, keeping up with the, the, and particularly these days, it's I mean, supply chain and supplies has really been an issue with materials, and the cost has risen, and we're having to constantly talk to. Uh, folks in the community, uh, and particularly throughout our region, about the affordability of projects uh, or, or products that go in our projects. We're trying to specify them so that they are um, more regionally produced materials or right. domestically. You know, if you if you get trying to get anything from overseas, doesn't happen. You know, there are a lot of things that we're trying to do to to mitigate the the rising cost. 
Yeah, because the, the material costs have been on a steady rise due to global supply chain issues and increasing development demand in accordance with the reopening of the economy. So how have you d- adapted your design process and client expectations uh, to best mitigate the negative impact of these rising costs? You mentioned a little bit about looking for regional and domestic products. Um, uh, can you explain that a little bit further? Thanks. It's When you specify products for a project, uh, a lot of it comes from overseas. And that obviously is not happening right now. You can't either get them or you can't get them through customs. You can't get them transported here. We're trying to specify products that are bought regionally. So it's a, it's you know at least we have a chance to get in here on time. And when the overall costs go up and we've already got a project underway, for instance, um, there's a lot of times when we have to talk to clients about their, their scope of their project. And can they, in fact, maybe if it's a four-story office building uh, or a four-story building for some company, for some corporate headquarters, can they shell in a floor, you know, and do an expansion later? Um, we're always looking for alternate materials, alternate design, alternates into the project, which means certain elements are, are, you know, if you can't afford them, maybe they can come in later. They're already designed in the project. They just have to, you know, find the money later to do it. We're constantly talking to our contractor friends. We have you know, relationships with almost every contractor in, in this region. And they're talking to uh, us. We're talking to them. AGC and AIA have coordinated efforts in keeping up with projects, with, with the, the cost of projects, with cost of materials. And it's a, it, it helps us stay ahead of it and, we, and communicating with our clients about that. It's communication is the biggest issue. Just stay on top of it and communicate with the clients and the contractors and your own team members. And um, I think it, it, you know, we kind of work our way through it. Materials will come down again too. Um, we've seen this before, as you know, as old as I am, I've seen it go up and down many times over our over my last forty or fifty years. And uh, so it'll it'll come it'll st- it'll stabilize. LS3P has a particular focus on sustainable development and is a part of the U.S. Green Building Council's uh, lead program. In 2021, how do you see most clientele viewing sustainable development as more of an afterthought or has it become so integrated into the design process that there's already a set expectation of sustainability? And to further that, does age of the client or the end user play a role? So we have found that it's kind of integrated into the process now. It's It has been part of our culture uh, and one of our core values in, at LS3P since you know way back in the early 2000s. And it's it has been on the front of our thoughts on every design process. And so and the products have come along, the process has come along to the point now you can almost get a silver rating with uh, without much trouble. In fact, it's almost no trouble at all. There's very little cost increase because all the materials already meet all materials and the design guidelines uh, from the energy code. Have, have been advanced to enough that, you know, it's almost secondhand. And I think the desire is there. I know that certain uh, clients, uh, certain development clients of ours, uh, it's part of their culture. They require it and demand it. I think tenants are looking for that as well for the for the uh, safety and the and the health of their employees. So we're starting to see it kind of as a as part of the process. And it's it's something that's that we've always done. It's second nature to us. So now one thing they're not doing perhaps in the lead process is paying the extra bucks for the plaque you know there's a whole process you go through that gets that 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 certification the plaque so the principles are kind of in the core of the project uh, actually getting the paperwork and the plaque is something that maybe they are having second thoughts about and now that we find ourselves in this new economy and landscape what's next for ls3p and the architecture industry overall we have recently added an, an urban environments core to our uh, one of our practice one of our practice 
areas. Uh, we find our cities that we are working in um, growing, and there's a lot of the some of the issues we've talked about here as far as growth is concerned. And we like to, you know, we, we like to get in there and look at a big picture of a project. And the urban environments uh, allows us to do that, looking at the, how, you know, a project may fit in and, and affect a community. And from our standpoint at LS3P, we've opened a ninth office in Atlanta, so we're growing within our region as well. Uh, we find there's a lot of opportunity just within our own communities that we're in. We're in eight, eight communities now in Atlanta, ninth. And we think there's a lot of growth in each of those uh, cities as well. So it's, you know, there's a lot of, we're going to stay regional, at least, you know, southeast and um, just do our work there and, and grow within our own communities because we're so involved with every one of them. We like to be involved with our communities and really like to be involved deeply. And we've always had a part of. You know, I'm, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about the urban core emphasis uh, that you just mentioned. There's been a lot of discussion about how people are fleeing cities and going to the suburbs looking for more space. And yet you are uh, expanding within the urban core. Why that development? Well, you know, in Raleigh, there's a lot of opportunity downtown, Raleigh and Durham, you know, the whole the triangle. And there's a good mix of both. We have developments out in the suburbs as well, but there's a lot of opportunity down in the core of Raleigh. And there's there's so many opportunities that and developers are coming in. The homegrown development is maybe a little skittish about uh, doing big projects, but the out-of-town folks are, they've just had so much money saved up and, and set aside. They, they just see, you know, the faster we can design it and build it, the, the better. And so um, it may not be true throughout the country, but at least in the Southeast and, and particularly in Raleigh, it's, it is really a major impact on how we grow here. Well, thank you again. That was Steve Hepler, the Vice President, Principal, and Office Leader for the Raleigh Office for LS3P. Thank you again, Steve. Thank you, Abby. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Malone. Thank you for tuning in.